I'm excited to introduce Carol Dean, who is an author, podcaster, and the president and founder of From the Heart Productions. Welcome to the show, Carol. Thank you so much, Cammie. So I wanted to start with when I was doing my research about you and your organization, I love the story of what you did with $20. Um, can you tell us about how your $20 investment in unwanted film stock grew into studio film and tape? Yes, it was a lot of fun, a lot of work and dedication. But uh, my husband was a cameraman, so I was invited to go to the a set uh, once in a while. So one night I got there, I watched them. I was particularly watching the camera part where they put on the thousand foot rolls of tape. And uh, the actor uh, would talk for like three or four minutes in this one night. And then they'd say cut, and then they'd say reloading. And then a new film would go on and he kept missing his lines. That happened five or six times. So afterwards I said, what's that all about? What do you do with that film? Because there's five or 600 feet left on those rolls. And he said, oh, we, we wouldn't dare use those. We can them up, send them to the camera department and we open new rolls tomorrow. So I gave it the title Short Ends I want to know what happened, so short ends of film. I think I could sell those. He said, oh, for goodness sake, nobody would buy film that doesn't come from a Kodak. Are you kidding? No, I'm not. I just can see this little business. So anyway, I was relentless. So he, to get rid of me, said, take $20 from the grocery money and see what you can do. So I did. I, I rented a typewriter. I photostatted all the companies I could find in Hollywood, production companies, and some animators. And that happened to be the sweet spot, and I didn't know it. Uh, so I came back, typed up 250 letters, mailed them out, got one phone call from a guy in Burbank named Vic Shank. He was an animator. So he grilled me with questions I had no idea what he was talking about. He was It was a new language motion picture world for me. But I convinced him to buy some raw stock, which I didn't own at the time. I had nothing, only an idea. So I sold him $100 worth of raw stock. Now what do I do? So I promised to deliver it in two or three days. I got all dressed up. I called a guy at Columbia Studios, Bill Wiedemeyer, who was supposed to be a really nice guy. Talked my way into a, a meeting with him. Got in his office. This is the 70s, you know, so you've got the beehive and you've got the <laughs> short skirt, you know, got everything working for you. And I was young. I was prepared to chat about the current films and everything. And then I popped the question. I said, I want to buy some short ends. I'm starting a business, and I'm going to buy all the raw stock you have. I don't know where that came from. But anyway, he said, okay. I said, but today I have to start with 100 feet. So I said, he said, oh, you have to be kidding. No. So we went to the vault, and he opened the vault, and I was in heaven. There were rows and racks and racks of film. So what do you do? He says, so we get the silver content. Well, that's pennies. So that, that helped me because uh, I knew that I had offered a price above what he was making. So he sold me this small amount of film. And uh, I think that it wasn't 100 feet. It was a $100 sale. So I remember that I bought enough footage so that when I got home, I had a $30 profit the next day. I had written a check that I didn't have the money for, but I knew I could cover the check. And I had some inventory, and I was in business. So what I did was I kept calling him every three or four days. How are you doing? How's it going? You know, And he said, Carol, you know, I really like you, but you got to stop calling me all the time. So can I use you? As a reference, yes, he said, just promise not to call me for a month at least. Then I was off and running. Okay, I had a sales pitch. And I, uh, and I took it from there. I just got on the phone, called people. Animators were wonderful because 100 feet is a day's work or was for animators. And that uh, 
was where I took off. I started with the animators and then expanded into the independent filmmakers. Roger Corman and all of those guys were out there making films, and they thought it was a great idea. But along the way, I sold to Bobby Caramico, who's a wonderful director of photography. And while he was watching a steamy love scene, an airplane flew through the film. So he called me. He was ready to kill me. You, that was an exposed film. So he became one of my best friends for life. And what he did was he met me. He helped me learn how to test film and send it. There was a lab called RGB in Hollywood. So I built, I just kept getting all the technical side right and studying film, and uh, it, it worked. I had a nice little business, and I ran it for 33 years with offices in L.A. on Highland, in the Film Center building in New York, and in Chicago downtown. Wow. Yeah, and you also helped a lot of young filmmakers that couldn't afford film stock. Wasn't that also the case as well? Exactly. Oh, it was great to see all these young filmmakers come in, uh, students, and because uh, we had 16 millimeter, and uh, Spike Lee actually bought, when we moved to the uh, tape, uh, there's a tape with Spike Lee that he bought from us when he was doing one of his films at college. So we, we sold to a lot of uh, filmmakers, and actually, my dad started the student discount. There was never a student discount in Hollywood on anything. And Dad and I would watch movies every Sunday, so he kept talking to me about a discount. And I said, sure, I'll give him 4%. No, he said, that's not enough. So we argued till he got me up to 15%. We did that. I put a little uh, advertisement about it somewhere. And 24 hours, Kodak had started the student discount. And then Fuji, the student disc, and it just went all over Hollywood. And I was so happy that we changed a whole industry like that with an emphasis on the, the upcoming filmmakers. So that's how that got started. That was a major company. You really grew that company. It was one of the largest film and tape companies in and the world in the world yeah no competition it was mother kodak and they ran the world and if you didn't have kodak film you couldn't you could get your crew you could get your cameras from friends you could get almost everything except the raw stock and the developing and that you had to pay for so what made you want to start from the heart productions well i had my sister was invited to go to india with a group of people who uh, loved Sai Baba. She invited me to go. I said, okay. Then she gets sick, can't go. I end up going by myself or with this group, actually, but I, I really was alone. So we, we got there, and what happens is, at that time, it's just 70s, they these women had these sticks, Tammy, and they would throw the sticks and say, oh, you have... You have row one or you have row 20. So I don't know, but I got row one. I thought, well, that's really nice. Wonder what this means, you know. I'm sitting there on the ground and this small brown band comes walking around the building. And my heart just exploded with love. It was a great shift of energy for me. And it was a, a, a time where I got the message from him to go home and start a nonprofit called From the Heart Productions. That's all I got. So I said, well, but what is this for? And he said, you will know. Uh, well, what, what am I going to do? You'll know all these things. So I did that. I got home. I found my father had some heart problems when I got home, and he went in the hospital and during this time, I filed for a nonprofit. Then about six months later, my father crossed over, and the people, the filmmakers, loved him because he would spend as much time with a student buying his first roll of film who knew nothing as he did with a, 
a DP who came in and bought 30,000 feet. Didn't matter to Dad. They were all people, and he loved them. So that's when I, the real stuff came out, that he had funded uh, all these filmmakers were calling me saying, Roy um, gave me the raw stock to do my thesis film, or Roy sent me to Paramount to Dick Barlow to say, give me some 35, and Roy Dean will trade that to me for 16. Anyway, Dan had all these ways, and I realized that while I'm so busy trying to collect hot checks and things in Hollywood, Dad had the right idea. He was giving it away. I woke up one morning with this idea to do the Roy Dean Film Grant and uh, do a nonprofit, use the nonprofit, go out on the street, raise money and goods and services. And I immediately said, whoever this is telling me I don't want to do it. No, thanks. I'm not, I don't know how to do that. So I had a lunch with my marketing guy the same day. So we sit down in a nice restaurant. And he says, I woke up with the greatest idea. And he pitched me the same thing. This is true. Wow. And I said, oh, no. And I had all my answers ready. And he, would, he, he wouldn't take it. He said, no, I'll help you. You sold to Robert Townsend. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk to Robert and get him to help us. And he did, Tammy. Wow. Lord, it was wonderful. And he said, and we're going to... Um, First, we're going to start right now. Do you have anybody that's been asking you for, for money or for film? And I said, on my desk, there's a young man, and can you believe it? He wants, this is 70, no, 92 now. He says, he wants $3,500 in 16 millimeter film for free. Can you believe that? He said, give it to him. What? Yes, that's the start of your film grant. And I did, and he made a film for the Indians. And he stayed on the reservation, shot this film. Wow. Sweetest man that ever lived. It was so much fun to help him. So that was the beginning, and we had a year. He said, well, every year we'll figure it out. And we did. We did. In those days, no internet. We had, I had to mail out applications <laughs> to people. So I put together mailing. I sent all this out. Nothing came back, nothing came back. And I was in my Chicago office, and I got a phone call from L.A. saying, the post office delivered mail today. And I said, come on, in Hollywood, you have to go pick up your own mail. She said, no, We're, we have three huge baskets of applications for your grant. Oh, my gosh. That's when I learned that they always wait to the last day. You know, I had given up. I had like three or four applications, and I decided it wasn't working, but it was working, and it has ever since. So I love that part of life. So why don't we talk about, like, what is a grant and how does it work? A grant is when a, a someone wants to give you money to make a film. And the idea is, first, you decide, does my film fit their criteria. This is the main reason grants are rejected. All right. So I don't recommend that people sometimes say it'll tell me, well, I'm thinking of going after a grant. They've never funded a film before, but they're going to love mine. Forget about it. No, it's a, it's a waste of your time. You need to find a grant that is that wants your type of film. And let's say you go to candide.org. That's where you really can find grants. And you find 20 great grants. Take maybe 10 of those. Put all your effort into the 10 easiest grants and see what you can achieve. Don't go for the whole thing. Do not use one application for everybody. This isn't that kind of world. This is an up-close and personal world that you have to realize. They want to know uh, who you are, why you're making the film, What's your connection to the film? Because, Tammy, it's an average of six years to make a documentary and about five to ten to make a feature. All right? So if you're not dedicated, you're just not going to make it. That has to be part of your DNA. So why are you making it? It's the first thing, and most people leave that out. 
and they forget to tell you a story. They are storytellers, so when they get to the grant, they're so excited to tell you what camera they're using and all this other technical stuff, which is not important because grantors are looking for good stories, commitment from you. They want to know how you are associated with the material. What is your connection for longevity? And um, if you've even if you've never made a film before, who's on your crew that has won awards and really knows what they're doing? Because if you surround yourself with good people, you can get funded. I've funded a lot of films for first-time filmmakers and been very proud of what they produced. Great. And then you also gave a reference to a website that has all the grants that you can apply to. What was the name of it again? Candide, C-A-N-D-I-D dot O-R-G. Thank you. I was kind of curious, what documents does a filmmaker need to prepare when applying for a grant? And I know that you named a few. I just, you know, because I think that sometimes people don't, when they're thinking about a grant, it'd just be nice to have some tips on, okay, you need to, like you said, surround yourself with maybe award-winning people on your crew. Like, that's a good thought when you're, before you're filming. And I guess what I'm thinking is, is like, should filmmakers really be thinking about if they're going to do a grant way before they even start production? Or is it okay that they do it in the middle? Like, when is the best time to start thinking about and getting all your documentation ready to go? Because I'm sure that there are similar things to different grants, but then there's some tweaks you're going to have to make. Any kind of thoughts on that? Well, yes. It all starts when you decide you're going to make a film. When you truly yeah. are committed to your film, then you need to do a, a plan, just like you would do a business plan if you're starting a business. Where am I going to get the money? And one of the ways for documentaries and short films, there are some grants for features, but basically docs and shorts, definitely. So you make a, an outline. You say, okay, I'm going to do crowdfunding. I could bring in X dollars. I'm going to do film funding parties. I've seen feature films get funded just from funding parties over the country, traveling. Go to conventions and find my audience. Bring my audience along and start funding early through audience. So you make out a plan. And this is what we do with our fiscally sponsored filmmakers who join us at From the Heart Productions. We help you create a plan because that's that's number one. So you say, okay, well, my film is uh, perfect for grants. Good. Because uh, there's a lot of competition for grants. And uh I have funded many filmmakers who have applied three times, okay? So that, now I have, you can apply this same grant, or two, two grants a year you could apply to. But normally, this is over three years it's taken them. So they apply. We give feedback on every grant we give. So you, you learn what you should have done and didn't do, or we, it would just give you more information to improve. And then you come back to next year and you've done that and more. It's still tough competition. And by the third time, when you've shown a great amount of improvement, you're dedicated, you're, the, you're not going to give up. I say tenacity is the backbone of the filmmaker, right? They are tenacious. I'll tell you, they work holidays, weekends, six in the morning to six at night. I mean, they never stop, and I love it. But this is the way uh, it works in our industry. So the thing is to to know that it's a long time effort for grants. Okay, and even if you don't get one on this film, we know who you are. We're not going to forget you. You know. I was at a uh, film festival one time walking along, and this woman joined me, and we are talking. And as she started talking about her film, I said, I know you. I know that film. <laughs> I don't know your face or your name, but I know your film. And that's how all of us are who give grants. We carry your stories. And so you come back, and we say, okay, 
My daughter and I work together. She helps me. Um, she reads everything. She watches. Then we argue about it and all that stuff, right? And fight over it. And then we bring in the judges and let them make a decision. But it gets really serious here because we get connected to the filmmakers. And when we give it to the judges and they don't choose who we want, then we say, come back. And we really mean it. And this is what you will get from uh, good grants. You've got to be prepared for two or three applications. Uh, that's what I say. If you get funded on the first application, that's a miracle and good for you. But don't expect it. So that could be go after grants for year two or year three or four would be my advice. Uh, find your audience and start your funding through your audience by uh, actually interviewing them and find out where they hang out online. I've got a, a whole blog on how to mine your audience for gold. You can Google that and find it because it's finding out who likes your film and why and where are more people like that. When you go after a grant, it takes time and you have to be prepared for that. But it's a wonderful group of people out there who are funding films. Are they asking for video? A video of you? A video piece of your work? Is that included in the grants? Are they asking for that as well? Do we ask for a video? Yes. Yes, we do. Uh, when I started in 92, it wasn't, uh, we, we never got, we, only 50% would have a trailer, it's called. We want a trailer. Now, you can do it with your cell phone, so you don't have any excuse to say, I don't have the money, I don't, you know, of course you do. If you want to make a film, you have to show us you know how to make a film. That's today's world. It's changed that much. You need a, an exceptionally good story in, written in your proposal. I give on my website is chapter three of my book, which is how to write a documentary film proposal. It's under resources, along with a lot of information on film funding. You'll find how to write a documentary proposal. I recommend you read that because you want to break your information down into sections because oh, judges will usually be comparing one film to another film. And when it's compartmentalized so that we know the purpose, the history, the theme, it's easy to compare one to another. Do you ask for the script? On shorts and features, we want the first 10 pages, yes. Okay. Uh, and then what does your grants, are your grants for any type of film, features, shorts, and documentaries, or do you, what's your niche that somebody would come? Uh, we have three grants a year that cover all of those. Uh, webisodes, too. That is our spring, summer, and fall grant. And now we have we have two uh, shorts for shorts. One has just passed, and that is for any kind of a sh uh, short feature. It's a narrative short. And now we've just started one for students. There are no, I can't believe it, but I couldn't find a student short film grant. So we, we're going to see this uh, November 30th is the deadline. So anybody... Even if you are 50 years old and you're taking classes and learning the film industry, you're welcome to go for this grant. So how much are the grants? Uh, well, we keep them with goods and cash and goods and services around 20000 Wow. So we have so many people that uh, are in the film industry that dedicated uh, their, their hearts to helping emerging and established filmmakers who really need support, particularly the documentaries and the short filmmakers that have been with us for years. So we have sound recording, we have music composers, editors, lighting, hard drives. We give all kinds of things. That, and basically, as one woman said who applied for the grant, I called her to say you didn't win. I used to call everyone, Tammy. I couldn't oh send them. Oh, my gosh. But I can't do that. <laughs> I mean, you must get, how many submissions do you get? Oh, well, it's a lot. We get a lot. 
But she said to me, uh, oh, I didn't expect to win. She said, but I, the thing that I was after more than anything were the connections, Carol. Because this is true. It's who you know in the filmmaking world is who you are. Right. Right? The more people you know, uh, the, and then you get in this circle, and you're only two or three people removed from everybody you want. Yes. And that's yes. how Hollywood works. So uh, we do that. We introduce you to the top people in a lot of fields so that you are supported and you feel honored to work with these people. So I was just wondering, grant writing can be very intimidating for people. Any words of advice? Well, uh, yes. Uh, there are some good grant writers in the country. They're hard to find, I will admit, because uh, and there's only two that I recommend. So if anybody wants to know, they can email me and I'll give you uh, those names. But the thing is that the majority of grant writers don't have your passion. Uh-huh. And they don't. They're not connected. You're connected. So you really have to give it a try. Uh, and then find someone, maybe if you can't find a grant writer, find a, an English major or someone who can take what you're doing and help you improve it. Uh, because we want you to put your heart on the page. I do. And my advice in funding is when you touch my heart, I reach for my pocketbook. Yes, that's that's really smart. <laughs> that's so true. And you also do fiscal sponsorship. Uh, can you tell us what that is and how it works? Yes, we do. And we have a lot of fun working with our fiscal-sponsored filmmakers. First of all, the reason that most people are, are physically sponsored is so they can get the tax write-off, you know. Uh, their donors get to deduct whatever the donation is from their taxes, because the IRS says that you can give up to 50% of your yearly salary to a nonprofit. If you're making 100000 you can give 50000 a year. So it's really easy to say to someone who's going to give you $1,000, it's definitely a tax write-up, if you know that. So that's number one. That's usually why uh, documentary and short filmmakers do it. And besides, you see... Now the donor isn't writing the check to the filmmaker. They're writing it to the nonprofit, right? So they write it to From the Heart Productions. We deposit the check. It clears. We pay the filmmaker. They make the film. Once a year, they report to us on how they spent the money, and we'll send them a list of the amount of money that they receive from us during each year. By April, we want you to give us back a paperwork from your books or anywhere, Excel sheet telling us how you spent the money. That's our job. We want to make sure. And you pay yourself? Fine. That's part of it. Uh -huh. But you have to show us that you put the money in the film. And so donors feel comfortable when there is a nonprofit involved. They know that, one, they can easily write this off. And for donations of 5000 and more, we report that to the IRS. So if somebody gives you 30000 when the customer that did files their income tax, I have already sent to government the same information so they match it. There's never a doubt that they know that they gave them money. We've been doing crowdfunding since uh, 2011, so we really understand it's a different animal, and we teach you how to do it because education is what filmmakers need the most. And so we are really experts on crowdfunding. We give you guidance and advice, so we have our own platform that we pay for so you can use it. It has more analytics than Kickstarter. It's called We Did It. There's just a few of us in the nonprofit world that use it. It was designed for the nonprofit world, so it's perfect. Then, most importantly, you get free consultations, and you also have someone to pitch, so you can practice your pitch. This is really important, and you've got someone that would read your emails that you're going to make an ask in, read your proposal for a grant before you submit it. You'd be surprised 
uh, when you get to know the films, uh, how much the important things the filmmaker leaves out. I'm always amazed. You know, you forgot to say, oh, really? Oh, yeah. Because I look at it different than they do. I know what we want to fund. So you need someone to help you with that. And we also put your film on our website, and we uh, help market you with our social networking. And, you know, because filmmakers are entrepreneurs, they uh, and they really need someone to help them understand money. And thank God I had 33 years running that business, so I have a lot of business acumen that I can give them. I, I know they're creatives, but... You still have to know the money side. This is the business of Hollywood. So reading their proposal and helping them in those ways is really beneficial. So with sponsorship, I'm assuming you have requirements, like you just said, like we want to know how you spend the money. Is there a time frame too? like you need to make the film in a year or is there any other note? No, because family life gets in the way. Yeah, no. Well, that's nice. Get stuck with your film and something happens, you put it on hold and you come back to it a year later. It happens yeah. all the time. So then let's do a distinction between when would a filmmaker want to go like the route of a grant versus the route of sponsorship? Like, or do they do both? It's wise to do as much. No, that's a good question because 90% of the grants out there want you to have a sponsor. And we sign the contract, you don't. You read the contract, you say, okay, I'll live by this contract. Then we sign it for you. Then it's our responsibility to see that you do what you have agreed to do. Because some of these grants want, they want you to give them, uh, give them an EP credit or a producer credit. Uh, and some of them want a report at the end of this year or next year or some crazy date. And we all have to get involved and take care of that with you. Mm-hmm. I like that. So you also have a class, Intentional Filmmaking. Do you mind talking about what's in the course? Oh, thank you for that, because I have a lot of fun. Tom Malloy and I both teach this uh, class together, and uh, both of us are big uh, believers that the power of your mind is your greatest asset in funding. So we start with, uh, what is your goal? And most people do not have goals, so we get them to set their goal. We teach them how to work, their goal, how to live with it on a daily basis, how to make their to-do list to achieve the goal. That's the key factor. And then we start, once they have a direction and a vision, they've got to see where they are or want to be in six months or a year. So then we start teaching. We teach them how to build a deck, how to write a documentary proposal, how to pitch your film. We do a whole class on film pitching. And now, Tom also is part owner of a distribution company. So he gets pitched thousand times a week. You know? And so he will explain to you, when you start pitching him and you're telling him a complicated story with 20 characters and all this stuff, he'll say, no, no, don't do that. Let's talk about the issue here, right? Oh, you're talking about AI overtaking human jobs? Let's go to that. Let's let's talk about this sizzle. And we, we really help you find the essence of your story and make the pitch around that because filmmakers are the carriers of too much information. They've been working on their films for years. They know so much. How can they put it into a under two-minute pitch? That is a craft, and we that's what we teach. And we do, we have a lot of fun, and, and we see a lot of success come out of our classes. Now, is your class online, in person? No, it's online, but then... Is it recorded, or is it live? Uh it's, it's alive when we teach it, and then you get the recording afterwards, and they last for years. And then on top of that, you've got me to answer emails and help you with, what did he say? You have to get, filmmakers need a lot of attention and support. Yes. And I think that's important, and that's what we do. We don't take many people in this class. Fifteen people around that number is what we usually take. 
and we give them a lot of attention. So how often do you teach this course a year? Just twice a year. So uh, September through January and then February through May. And is this like once a week, once every other week? How often? Every other week. Okay. And then you also offer mentoring to filmmakers. How does that work? Yes. Oh, well, that's uh, my angel program. I love this because uh, you get to get into the heart of the matter. For example, I had a filmmaker in 2005, I think, uh, say, I want to write a book. And I had just finished my book. So I said, oh, that's no problem. We can do that. Well, fast forward to today, I'm still working with the same filmmaker. Uh, She's on her third book. Uh, Her first book has been rewritten now, working on the third revision. It's a bestseller. And see, this is where I say life gets in the way. Things happen. But uh, on the angel program, you've got me to talk to, and we get over one hump after another or through problems. We find a way to keep going and reach the goals. It's all about goal setting and achievement in the angel program. I love that. And sometimes you set out on one path and that doesn't work. So you make a correction and you find what does work, but it's a lot easier and faster when you have someone uh, to help you. Absolutely, absolutely. I like the lead in. Uh, So you wrote a book, uh, The Art of Film Funding, Alternative Financing Concepts, so what made you want to write the book? And, and I'm always curious, like, how long did it take you to write it? Well, um, I bought a little cottage in, when I sold my company, I was so proud that I sold a company to an honest man and he really paid me. I mean, that's an achievement in Hollywood. I bought a little cottage in the country, in the South Island, and I took myself over there with the intent to write a book. Now, this how I got the cottage was a, a guy that I knew had a, a sheep farm in New Zealand, 10,000 acres, giant place. And on the way to his house, I was visiting him. He slowed down for this one-way bridge, and there was a lovely cottage with wisteria across the balcony in the front. I said, my gosh, it's right on a river. Look at that house. I'm going to buy that house one day and write a book. And we laughed about it. But I was serious, and I kept thinking all the time I was there of what I would do if I lived in New Zealand. Well, I go home and get back into the film industry and forget about it. And then 9-11 happened. So I called my friend and said, is uh is that house for sale? And he said, no, there's a couple lives there. They're very happy. Well, I'm coming over anyway. I said, who knows? So I did. They didn't, they were happy to sell. So I had a little house, took myself over with the idea of alternative financing concepts because having sold short ends and then gotten into the video world, right, well, the company ended up being the largest video reprocessing company in America. Thousands a month we reprocessed and sold. So I uh, decided that I would try to take the time to explain to filmmakers how to think outside the box. I wanted to give them some guidance on the business side and to explain to them that not to be afraid of film funding, that it's the same creativity you use to make the film you use to fund the film. So here's some creative ideas. Take these and expand on them. That was the original idea of the book. And then when I did the second edition, one a documentarian said, give them everything. Give them fair use. Give them the law. Tell them about the lawyers and all, you know, chain of title. Tell them everything. So I did. That, that was the second edition. That was being taught in all the, a lot of the colleges. So I, that book I'm very proud of. Uh, it does have everything you need. But then I started my podcast on the same title, The Art of Film Funding, because 
by the time I finished the second edition, got it printed, a year had gone by and a lot of changes were going on in the film industry. So I started that to keep everyone abreast of the changes. The book uh, is a compendium of information that's very beneficial. But then if you want to know what's new, you can listen to the podcast. I love it. Um, so how long did you stay in New Zealand to write the book? Oh, well, you can only stay at six months. So I had a deadline. That was the best thing that could oh. happen to me. I knew I had to get it finished. And here's the funny story. I never told anyone I was writing a book. But in New Zealand, they just stop by. They see your car and they come. They knock on the door and say, let's have a cuppa. C-U-P-P-A, a cuppa, anything. So I had to start hiding my car because I wanted to know I was there because I had so much company out in the country. So I did finish the book. There's a the bunch of us got together for dinner one night. I was so excited to announce I'd finished my book because I hadn't told anybody about it. So I said, uh, I'm really excited. I finished my book today. And everybody just kept on eating and nodding their head. I thought, that's good. Glad to hear that. I said, I, but I never told you I was writing a book. And John Holt said, my friend, no, you told me that in 92 that you were, and this is 2003. You told me you were going to write a book. I told everybody, but that's what we figured you were doing, locked up in that house. Aw, that's so sweet. So it was, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I had promised myself that I would, I would uh, publish my own book, all right, because I didn't want to be disappointed if it didn't get published. So I published it, and then I started teaching it, and then Michael Weesey. Well, I have to say, every day as I did my yoga and my exercises, I said, I love my distributor. My distributor is the nicest person in the world. Takes me to lunch, takes good care of me, and they promote me. It's the best thing I ever did. And somebody handed Michael Weesey my book, first edition that I had done, and he loved it, and he called me. So, see, that is the power of setting goals and your intention and moving towards it. This is what I teach. It's really important for people to realize your own personal power. So, he published my book and published a second edition. But that's what I teach in the intentional filmmaking class. Set your goals and go after. And that's what I do in the angel program. It's the only way to get where you want to go. Wow, I just think you are so resourceful, a go-getter, hard worker, just a powerhouse, really. You make things happen, and I, and I really agree with the power of your mind. I definitely can concur with that, that, you know, it's all about the way that you think and then having goals and stuff. So it's really cool that you have that information out there for people and helping people out. Thank you, Tammy. That's a nice compliment. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I'm just so honored to have you on the show. When I saw that you wrote the book, I was like, oh, my God, I know that book. I think I even have that book. That was so great. And also all the things that you've done. So do you want to tell us a little bit about your free class that you're offering once a month? Thank you, Tammy. Yes, I do. It's called Everything You Want to Know About Film Funding. And every month we have this class, and it's free. And we've uh, covered making a trailer music for trailers, how to edit a trailer, uh, film funding, crowdfunding, making an ask, uh, funding parties, marketing for your film. And in October, we're going to get into the new idea of funding your feature through investments by crowdfunding. So I'm always trying to stay on top of what's new in the universe. And that's what this class is all about. So if you want to get on the class, all you have to do is sign up for the newsletter. And so you can do that by just going to the website from theheartproductions.com. You do have a podcast, The Art of Film Funding. How long ago did you start it? And is that a weekly podcast? What do you do? Do you interview people? Yes, I do. I interview people uh, 
in the film industry and I have a filmmaker that's helping me now. So I only do like two a month and she does two. So we have one every week, Heather Lenz. She is the director for Kusama Infinity, that wonderful documentary. Uh, and she's a sweetheart. So she's been helping and she interviews a lot of documentary filmmakers. And then I, I, I've been interviewing grantors lately to get inside their heads, you know, and find out what are you looking for? And what's so wonderful is that it's all coming along the same lines. You know, they all keep saying it's story we're funding. Now I have about six or seven really important grantors on my podcast for people to listen to so you can uh, know who's reading your material. You can tune in to them and their personalities. I think that's beneficial for filmmakers. Oh, that's wonderful. That is so great. That's a lot. Yeah. So what projects are you working on now? I have this thing about writers and documentarians. There's so many great writers, and they have all these scripts, and they're trying to sell them or uh, and are looking for a production company to make their film. And I think that now is the time to become a producer. It's the only way you're going to get it made. Is your odds are incredibly low. 50,000 items a year are registered with the Writers Guild, right? And they make 500 films in Hollywood. So look at that. It's almost impossible. Uh, so that, why not learn how to produce? So I started a class with my daughter, and it's 26 classes. There's so much to learn. But we really started off with funding teach you how to fund because the idea is this okay so when you realize what a producer has to do you you're going to say oh my gosh I want to hire a producer terrific learn what a producer does pick the stuff that you like to do hire somebody to do what you don't want to do and make your film that's what it's all about with AI moving into the industry uh, we need to expand ourselves. Whatever your hyphen is, you may be a writer-director. Well, now you should be a writer-director-producer, right? You've got to be able to do your own thing, to produce your own work. And the more things you know, the better chance you are to survive in the industry when you're up against AI. So... It's 26 classes. You can jump in at any time uh, as it's cyclical. We'll start all over again next year. And that is every other week. We go through trailers. We had a trailer expert on where budgets, how do you do a budget? How do you crowdfund? What do you do with music? Should I hire a colorist or do it myself? What does it cost? What are the benefits? And should I buy music or should I license it? The, you know, there's so many questions a filmmaker has to know. And these are all producer items. So that's what we're working on now. And I got the uh, approval from my friend Maureen Ryan, who is letting me teach her book, Producer to Producer. It's the best book on the market. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and it seems like if you know funding, because... I know a lot of producers that don't actually know how to get the money. So, God, you're just like, get the money, then go into producing is just uh, a good fusion, I guess. Exactly. Exactly. Let's say that you, you know, you take the course and then you get some money, you hire a producer, then they start talking producer language and you, and you know what they're talking about. They're not over your head now, right? Oh, I yes. studied that. Oh, wait a minute. I'm going to look that up in Maureen's book, you know, so... You're on par with the person you're hiring, and that's very important. You don't want anyone to bamboozle you, as my Spike Lee would say. I love that word. And that happens in Hollywood. Well, I think, uh, especially if you're a filmmaker and it's your film, the more that you know a little about every position, the more powerful you'll become, because you really need to know if you're being steered the wrong way. You know, and I think in this world, unfortunately, Unfortunately or fortunately, we need to know a lot more than just the position we're in. Exactly. It's very important. That's exactly why I started the class, to empower writers and documentarians, particularly those two groups. And 
I guess, you know, emerging filmmakers that want to make shorts. Definitely, it's good for them. In closing, any last encouragement to our filmmakers out there looking for funding and wanting to make their film? Yes, I'm so glad you asked that because I think it's important to realize that the power of your mind is your greatest asset in film funding and making your film, all right? So I think filmmakers, I teach uh, my sponsored filmmakers every other Saturday. Uh, we've read Think and Grow Rich. We've read uh, The Living Universe, Dean Radin. We've studied all of these books together. It's so much fun. They love it. We're on 369 now. And the point is, even Dean Radin said after writing both of those books, we're all psychic. You just have to get over it, accept it. Filmmakers are, have to use their creativity on a daily basis because they make hundreds of decisions during the filmmaking process. And when you learn how to touch in to your own inner self and pull on that knowledge that's coming from the universe, you're much further ahead. So it's the power of your mind is your greatest asset. That's really what I want you to know. And I recommend that you get from the library that old book, Think and Grow Rich, and let Napoleon Hill take you chapter by chapter, hold you by the hand, and help you make your film. I think it's a book written for filmmakers. Uh, and the most important thing is that you must have faith in yourself and confidence in yourself. Those are paramount to your success. And you'll have to realize that the film industry needs you. You are the magic. I love that. Thank you so much, Carol, for being on the show today. This was so delightful and packed with information. Great. You're so welcome, Tammy. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Thank you so much for listening. I encourage you to get out there and make a film. Reach out to your local filmmakers group to get involved and connect. Please subscribe to the show if you like it and follow me on Instagram at Tammy McGarrow. Until we meet again, what's your story?